0: Welcome to the Make It Count podcast. This is an episode we've been meaning to get around to for quite a while now, actually. And I feel like when we first started the podcast, the Make It Count podcast, we thought, Mm. what stops us from making it count? And this was one of the things. This is one of the main obstacles and barriers. And so 20 something episodes in, here we go. The podcast, Procrastination.
1: It's interesting you say that. I'd completely forgotten about that. I suppose that's probably one of the gifts of Procrastinator. Because you only just added it to the list last week.
0: That's true. Uh,
1: I laughed, properly laughed. Obviously, we've now got our shared Google Drive doc, which we can see the list when we want to and update it. And you said, I've added a couple uh, to the bottom of the list. so you can have a look at them so I went (laughs) it was so funny there was these two highlighted ones at the bottom of the list number one procrastination dot 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 to be recorded (laughs) I just was like that's brilliant
0: (laughs) Uh, that's it that's the episode (laughs) yeah we'll get around to recording this one later
1: (laughs) I'm sure everybody listening, if you're listening to this episode, you've seen the title, so you're interested. You probably struggle with it yourself at some point. Um, David,
0: why do we procrastinate? Why? I mean, I think maybe what is more helpful to start with to go, what is procrastination? That's probably a better question to answer. Uh, And I I think procrastination probably is just not doing the thing that is important mm. you don't usually procrastinate on the unimportant things or if we do it doesn't matter mm. and so we don't notice it but i think it's that oh, i don't do the important thing for whatever reason and there are a number of reasons probably we come to the same outcome via a number of different thoughts and patterns maybe thought yeah. patterns
1: yeah, it's it's not not doing anything it's the classic thing of you know How can you tell that it's exam time? The student's room is the cleanest it's ever been. You know, they found the time suddenly to clean their room or to clean their house. That was something that happened all the time at university.
0: Yeah, you and I quite like the TV series Black Books, an old Mm. Channel 4 series. It was episode one or two. Bernard Black has to do his tax returns and he hates it. Ah. You know, he's pairing all of his socks and then he makes a jacket out of all of his receipts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that classic, like, I've got this really important thing to do. I've got to do my tax returns.
1: And then he finds a clause in there that if you get, like, injured or sort of quite severely injured, you don't have to do your tax reports for another how many months. And so he goes and gets himself beaten up by some
0: thugs. <laughs> Point being, not that we're advocating that, but we've all had those experiences where it's like, I've got this really important thing to do. I'll get to that later. I've got these other 14 things. Yeah, that really
1: more... haven't had any urgency or importance, but now they suddenly seem to be really important and mm. urgent. Mm. And I suppose the probably what's behind that is we're seeking after some sense of accomplishment we're not sometimes when we procrastinate, we're just going off and doing things that we enjoy fun, be it watching something or playing a video game or just reading. I'm sure plenty of people have been reading lots of the news over the last couple of years it's been obviously it's just always an addictive thing, so you know, but sometimes we go no i want to, i wanna i want to do something, I feel this need to do it but I'm just going to put aside the big scary one and I'll do these other things. And once I've finished them, now then I'll get to the big one.
0: I think probably most of us can relate to that experience once or twice. So yeah, probably most of us have an idea of what procrastination is. And it's not doing the important thing, it's doing the other things first. It's not Mm. doing nothing, it's just almost going down the distractions for the less important but what do you think are the reasons why you, Matt, procrastinate?
1: Well, I'm very good at procrastinating. It's some of the stuff we've done in the last couple of years, some of the personality things. One of them has shown that my particular personality mix is is very good at procrastinating. And I'm not... I don't really know exactly why that is, but I can relate to. Many, many times in my life, I've procrastinated on the thing that is most important and done other things instead. And it is immensely frustrating and always annoying. Why do I do it? I don't know. <laughs> I think probably it's related to a a building up of the, ah, oh, this is the big priority because it's the big priority, it's probably going to be very hard and take a lot of effort and time and energy. And, well, anything that's going to take a lot of time and effort and energy, I need to feel energised and have the motivation to get started. So I'll wait until that starts to happen. Mm. Well, of course, you never, just very rarely... Do you just feel the motivation come upon you? It's something that we have to actually start ourselves. Mm. Actually, the word motivation itself is kind of move. We sometimes are moved by and almost an urge, or a, but often it's more like I have to do something to get myself moving mm. that continues that motivation.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean for you, it is that important thing gets built up to a huge level and there's a little bit maybe of perfectionism in there as well yeah. which goes and talked about oh that you know that that's I've got to do this right or oh, every step yeah. and and so trying to hit perfection in one step. That's I think, true. I think for me, one of the things one of the times I've recently noticed myself procrastinating is on the edge of something good. Mm. So I've reached out to somebody and they sound really interested in coaching and I'm looking forward to coaching with this person. I want to help them. But I'm like, oh, if I, what if I write the wrong thing in the next message? Or, huh? And it's like, oh. And then lose that opportunity. Yeah, what if what if I say the wrong thing? I lose the opportunity, and it all goes away, and I'll make a mistake. Huh. And so I found myself just not saying anything, and not, and you then, know, like two, three, four weeks later, it's like, oh, I didn't even respond. And now the opportunity has gone anyway, definitely because How I've lost any of the momentum to do with that. And so that was interesting that noticing that sometimes on the cusp of something potentially good I procrastinate in fear of like messing up.
1: Wow. And I suppose that speaks to the one of those classic biases that we tend to have which is we are we hate losing more than we desire winning or we we are loss averse as it were. And so, yeah, the fear there is oh, if I make a misstep here, I will lose it. Um, I suppose the,
0: the solution I came to was this idea that an imperfect first step is better than no step absolutely. at all. Absolutely. And 100%. That's the reality. Like, I've experienced it too many times where suddenly, it, well, suddenly it's four weeks later. There's no suddenly about that. Anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, a month later. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> many days of procrastinating later, the opportunity has gone. That's the, the thing,
1: doesn't it, though? When we realise we've been procrastinating, it feels like suddenly. Hmm. How many students have been there where suddenly the deadline is in two days? Even though at the beginning of the assignment, it was months away. Sometimes they do spring on you a short deadline, but most often the exam is not set for tomorrow. The exam is set for months down the line or suddenly... Ah, I've got all of this stuff
0: to do. <laughs> well, what have you been doing the last six months? Not thinking about it. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's probably that avoidance of pain, probably a lot of how we, yes. how we deal with 100%. our world is I don't want pain and mm. hard thinking is painful. And
1: well, yeah, that's, that's exactly when it comes to me. Oh, it's going to take effort, it's going to take time, it's going to take energy, equals in my mind. going to be painful Mm. at least in some regard well that's not actually necessarily true
0: and also the counter is that um pain delayed is potentially more painful yes you know the the exam example you've just given yeah you can try and not think about it for three months four months however many months but then when you have to think about it the day before that is an extraordinarily.
1: That's a very peak pain. pain. That's
0: a lot of pain, and actually. And
1: also, the chances are we've not been completely absent-minded of it. It's been sitting underneath, and we oh, just keep yeah, burying. Oh yeah, the
0: background it. pain, the, yeah. the sort of the There's low-grade general stress. general disease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that that's awful. But and so I think and what one of the things I've experienced when it, as as I mature, maybe get older, is confront it early, do the hard thing, get to the, you know, eat the frog first, that that whole idea. If you have to eat a frog, eat it first. But a recognition that if I know I've got this exam coming up or I've got to write an essay or I've got this project to do, actually, spending an hour very early on getting to it, moving, in effect, motivation, moving, that makes the rest easier. It makes it less painful rather than more painful. Yeah. And often... For us anyway, and for probably many people listening, we build things up to be bigger than the reality that they are. Hugely, hugely. And I think
1: that's where you mentioned it earlier, the the perfectionist piece comes in. We are more and more in an image-driven culture where people care more about what it looks like than actually the substance of it. And so... It's probably, yeah, it's become one of those cliche things, isn't it, in interviews. What's your greatest weakness? Oh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. It's a weakness that isn't a weakness. But actually it is. The reason it is is because it stops us from doing anything in the first place. And a helpful phrase for me recently in some things, and something that I'm growing in when it comes to this area of procrastination, but a helpful phrase for me is you know, get that first draft. Just Just get a first draft. Because... When you think of like a great work of art, or a book, or whatever it is, it's never the first draft, and you don't see the first draft, and the first draft is probably just scribbles on a piece of paper, let alone typed up, and so that has been very freeing, it's another way of saying what you said, an imperfect first step is better than no step at all.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how scientifically backed up this idea was that I came across, but basically it's easier to improve something bad than it is to go from nothing to really good in one step yeah and so the idea of making a first draft and improving the first draft and then improving the second draft is much easier and smoother than trying to go from nothing to really good in one jump
1: yes to push the writing a little bit further obviously the whole draft thing is a writing analogy and to push on to that thought a little bit further it's one of the things that we've heard when it comes to advice for writers and they talk about there's kind of almost two modes that you can be thinking in writing mode and editing mode and one of the issues that many people that would aspire to be writers have is they've tried to have both turned on at the same time so i'm writing but as soon as I'm writing, I'm also going, no, that sentence isn't very good. I'm going to edit that." so you never actually get a flow like almost just that flow of consciousness where you get it all out and to almost say what you've said it's we're better coming to that again. we've got all the text there we can edit that all day long. great, but it's if I don't get it out in the first place, uh, I'm limiting myself.
0: I was just going to say, there's quite a lot of stuff out there about deadlines in, in the sense that they can be quite powerful, important, motivating. There yes. was an author, I forget who it was, who was talking about this, and he was like, I had to have a hard deadline from my editor. Yeah. He said, but it's very interesting because it's very normal for a writer or for an editor to go, hey, you know, this is your deadline, but if you don't hit it, don't worry. This idea that you can't rush out. And he said...
1: Because they expect writers to not make them because it's so common for writers to not meet their deadline.
0: And the guy who was writing was like, no, I need you. I need this deadline to mean something or else I won't hit it. You know? (laughs) Don't tell
1: me that it doesn't matter. Tell me that it matters. It
0: it has to matter or else I won't hit it. And that's interesting because this idea of a deadline definitely is why I think so many people go, I work better under pressure. Well, really what you're saying is I need a deadline. And I think there are different ways of dealing with a deadline. One of the things I was quite proud of myself for at university was I managed to get all of my coursework in two days early, two days before the deadline. That's a lot better than me because I was (laughs) because I was quite organised. But I dealt with that deadline and needed deadline. I set an artificial earlier deadline for myself, which then you know allowed me some leeway that I could hit it. Some people deal with a deadline like we talked about earlier, five months away. Ah, no problem three months away ah, no problem one month away uh, maybe a week away i should probably get to that now two days away ah well i've already handed it in because i've stra i spread that out and i so, yeah i don't even think a deadline is necessarily the the catch-all solution because it's mm. how you deal with that and i think probably the bigger barrier is to first confront it
1: yeah on the, th- the topic of deadlines, before we move on, it, we watched a great TED Talk about this. And it was kind of, in, I think, inside the mind of a master procrastinator. Yeah, it was Tim Irwin, right? And it's a very good TED Talk. Go and watch it. Maybe we'll link it probably, in the show notes.
0: Probably one of the most viewed. It's very funny as well.
1: He's a very good communicator. Don't
0: put it in your watch later list. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's And he talks about how deadlines are great because they they limit that procrastination. Uh, he talks about how, you kind of, in the brain, you've got the the master brain that actually wants to do things, but then you've got the the distraction monkey or whatever that comes out and goes, "Hey, I want to play," and it plays for a while. But then, when a deadline looms, the only thing that can scare the monkey away is the panic monster, which goes "Ah!" and the monkey runs away, and then the brain can actually get to doing the work. He said that's great on those time-limited things, but the problem. That we all face is that the most important things in our lives don't have a natural deadline until you literally die mm. <laughs> and you are dead. So you, he, he, he talks about the issue we then have to do is almost do what you've done, David, with your assignments, creating ourselves to ourselves artificial deadlines that who's going to be marking you on whether you keep up with your distant relations who's going to be you know checking on you that you're going to be yeah That you're going to be investing in those important relationships
0: yeah as you said there's no deadline on relationships until someone isn't here anymore yeah and i think that's a really important thing and i suppose that's one of the reasons why increasingly we see those life calendars almost and it's you know you can check off well, that's the weeks. something he talks about in his. Is talk- it? Yeah. He talks about it. He's I've got one it. on his website and a few other places as well. There, you can basically see how many weeks you've got. And yeah,
1: it's like a visual poster you'd put on your wall. You, if you were to live to eighty or ninety, this is how many weeks you would have. And you can always tick them
0: off as you go and see visually how far along you are. Because we're young, and many of our contemporaries and many people older than us kind of think they're going to live forever. Yeah, and that stops us maybe dealing with the important things. When I think about it and go, well, I'm nearly thirty. That's if if I'm lucky, <laughs> I have two thirds more of my life to go. Mm. But that's already a third done. Mm. And you know, that that helps go, oh, I should do the important thing. Yeah. I should take that step because not taking it is much worse. And to bring this to something that
1: Either we we must have spoken about this at some point before. I'm not sure if we brought it up in a podcast before, but so often when it comes to something like, you know, what's the good, the best next move, or what's the the right thing to do next in any given situation, it's a very good chance that what feels harder to do in the moment is actually going to be the long term better option, and that's the opposite of what we do when we procrastinate. I go, no, that's the hard thing. I'll do that later when I feel up for it. I'll go and do this easier task, darning my socks or tidying my room or playing a game. If I go, no, actually, I'm going to train myself to do the hard thing, have the hard conversation. How many of us put those off until the relationship no longer exists? Mm. And then we've kind of avoided that conversation, but we've also let a relationship die. Mm. Um,
0: And making it count, can be that hard thing living that purposeful life or a significant way we all want to do it but it's easy to just go oh i'll just do this other thing or Mm -hmm. hey you know i haven't haven't taken the time to figure out my values or i haven't taken the time to go what actually does it look like for me to show up in a purposeful way here in my life right now and going forward and What you know, what would my future self thank me for? Like who is that future self that I'm moving towards? These are big questions. And they're important questions. And so most of us don't take the time to do them. And we haven't done the hard work of figuring out what our values are, so or so we haven't we don't know what to say yes to or no to. Mm. And we don't realise what the most important things are.
1: Hmm. And so this comes into, uh, obviously, a lot of the things we talk about over the different episodes relate to each other. Some of the stuff that I suppose is coming to mind now, we've spoken a lot about habit formation. We've spoken about James Clear's Atomic Habits and how in the whole thing, if we procrastinate the things that are important and the, the life changes that we want to make, all those, how well, how can we make that as simple and as small uh, a first step as possible, That make that imperfect first step maybe just like a little little shuffle forwards how can I do that so that I consistently learn how to just take a small imperfect shuffle some of the other stuff journaling if I'm going to learn and and think about what are my values so that I can actually know these are the things that I value and are important take some time to ask some of those questions but for you David kind of coming wrapping up It's difficult to kind of go. Well, what's an action step moving forwards? Like, well, don't stop putting things off. (laughs) Stop it. That's not very useful. (laughs) Is there, as a coach, Mm. is there perhaps a question or maybe a couple of questions that you have found helpful, either with your clients or just through some of the stuff you've read, that can help people to analyse or gain awareness? Why am I procrastinating? Or what? Or even just something that can help move forwards in
0: this. Uh, My brain went in two different places. The one is, you've got the hard thing, schedule it, put it in your Google calendars. I am going to spend 30 minutes today looking at my values and then just stick to it, put a time on your phone. There's the put it in a time and place. Can I push back on that? Go for it.
1: I'm really good at that. I've been doing that since university. I've been putting things like this in calendars. Do you know what I'm good at as well? Breezing straight past that and being like, oh, well, that was an appointment with myself. Nobody else is missing that. I'll forget about that. I'll push that back later. Mm.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that's a willpower thing. I remember somebody who I was talking to and they were like, yeah, my wife, she decided that the most important thing <clears> was when she set an alarm, she was going to wake up with that alarm and not snooze it. Yep. That was a commitment she made to herself. You have to decide that that is important for you. Otherwise, you won't. And if you don't keep your commitments to yourself, that's a that's another thing altogether. We'll do another podcast on that at some point. The uh, The second way my brain went was just something we've talked about slightly before as well, which is write your obituary. What do you want people to say mm. about what, you at your funeral? That's something I've been kind of glad I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, you're not going to get it right first time. That's okay. Mm. You're probably not going to get it right second time either. But you come back to it and you read it, and that helps you you know I read it now probably once a week. I used to read it sort of daily, but you know just that oh yeah, this is how I want to be remembered, that helps me make decisions, that helps me plan what's important and go, actually, yeah, this is important for now and the future, so I should be doing this I like that, I like those ideas
1: i've got one more thought to add. Mm. You say it's about a commitment issue and a willpower issue I think that's true I also like what you've talked about in the past in a, in a slightly co-op there but you talked when you were on the ship about oh you asked someone else to remember where something was for you so you kind of exported you know their that the storage of that information to their brain I quite like the idea of doing you can do that with willpower so for example with this designing your life book I've been I read that a year ago. I kind of did some of the things and then hit a pause in like April or something last year and then did nothing for months. And finally, I've got a bit of a team together. And the start of this year, we've had a few meetings and we then go every third week or something, we do another one. And it it sets that deadline. But it's that, oh, there are other people that are in this journey as well. And I don't want to just let them down because then it's just a waste of their time. And that has been massively helpful for me to actually start moving forwards with it. And so, yes, schedule it. Yes, set a time for it. And make that commitment to self. I think that's the most important thing. That's, but that's almost the end goal, to the point where nobody else has to even know about it and you're still gonna stick to it. But for most of us, probably, we're still at a place where we can do with a bit of help. So find someone else, perhaps, maybe that isn't doing it for you, but is willing to just hold you a little bit accountable. You know, this is something that's important to me. Would you be willing to check on me in a couple of weeks? How's it going? That's my closing thoughts.
0: There you are. See you next week for the Make It Come podcast.